Hi. Hi. How are you? I'm good. Uh, well, I, I think I'm good. Okay, that's that's better than last week, I guess. Wait, what, what happened last, last week? week? <laughs> I don't know. How are you? Uh, I'm fine. I'm fine. Okay. Uh, uh, okay, this is weird. How old are you, by the way? Actually, I just... I had my birthday two days ago. I know. Wait, so how old am I then? Uh, you don't even know? How... You're not a friend, are you? How how old am I? You are... I think you're 29, right? Or 28. No, you're 27. wait, you got 29. Yes. Okay, here we go. So 27 plus 2, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you're 27. So it, I knew it. <laughs> I knew... Okay, sure. Sure. After doing some easy calculus, easy math. Yeah. I, I, I quickly Facebooked. No, I didn't. Do I have it on... Yeah, I think I have it on Facebook somewhere. I, I Maybe not my age, but my birthday... Dude, Facebook is dying, I hope. We talked about that one, actually, that that subject. Well, Facebook? Yeah. You, you want to talk about Facebook? No, 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 no. <laughs> okay. But I, I do also hope it's dying. It's something that we shouldn't want in our life. I don't know. I mean, the, the whole concept was interesting. Um, and, you know, it was kind of fun at first. But, uh, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I talked to someone about it, and we both said, "Like, yeah, I kind of forgot Facebook. I, I don't know. Wait, I just what? Yeah, it just it's like, oh yeah, I have Facebook. I I I never use it. You but, forgot Facebook? Yeah, it just I forgot that I, that I have it. But uh, it's kind of weird because I still have that like you know that reflex where you yeah. open a new tab and you open yeah you type oh, yeah. in facebook.com. Oh. All too well, actually. Too yeah, bad. Th- that's annoying. But I still have that, so I know there is Facebook. It's just. Yeah. I'm not conscious of, you know. Yeah, to me, actually, Facebook has a bigger role because I have a, I've been uh, on the internet for quite a while and I've made a lot of friends, uh-huh. uh, international friends. So, uh, what you speak to them through Facebook? Yeah, like they didn't. So remember the times when everybody was using MSN, ICQ, AOL, yeah. and stuff like that, and everybody had their own preferred instant messenger. Yeah, that's true. Um, and then Skype came when Microsoft bought it, but it was still too late. Hmm. Um, but Facebook was established really long ago for yeah. a lot of countries. It was like the go-to uh, social media platform. So uh, a lot of my international friends are still on there, hmm. and I keep contact with them through there. It's a lot easier than email. Yeah, that's true. Because emails change, but their profile on Facebook stays the same. And... Um, I know I don't use it daily, and I don't even check it daily. But it still is a bigger like it. It plays a bigger role and to me. It's somewhere I go to if I want to talk to a person I don't have on my phone, like yeah. WhatsApp or Telegram or something. Yeah, I don't. I don't have those people. Yeah, I guess. exactly. So I mean, yeah. Also, my my whole you know contact circle or friend mm-hmm. circle is pretty small. I I I, I don't have enough you know. <laughs> Yeah, I, 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 have, I have a difficult time with, uh, you know, keeping uh, contacts. Yeah, that, that's why actually Facebook for me is just, it makes it easier. You spend less time looking for, looking up someone's contact information. Yeah. <laughs> Normally, I remember like a long time ago, you had to keep track of people through email. Yeah, yeah I guess. And if they had their own website, that's a that's a really nice thing. But MySpace, email, stuff like that. It's also a lot of my my international friends are all. I don't know. I I, I I'm all gamers. That's what I want to say. Yeah. So uh, I have a lot of people on Steam. So that's more like my contact. But I'm mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not that many times online over there. But um. Oh, you mean you keep yourself invisible? Well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, there you go. But it's also kind of fun because uh, the new Steam update yeah. kind of screwed up my status. Wait, it, it screwed up how? Well, normally if you go offline and mm-hmm. you you know close Steam and then later open it again, it should stay offline, right? Doesn't it do that still? It, not anymore. Wait, you can't select that though? No. And I it's supposed sworn to, I saw that. And it's supposed to remember what you did. Oh, maybe that's the problem. But it doesn't work for me. So I don't know. Maybe I've seen the option. But maybe it offline. Doesn't... Yeah, the option is still there, but okay. it, it doesn't start in offline for that, whatever reason. But anyway, well, that defeats the purpose. I, I, I used <laughs> to have uh, friends in uh, uh, game friends, and we all 
contact each other through Xfire. Oh, yeah. Remember that? Xfire. The good old days. <laughs> I've never really used it. I, I used it a lot with, uh, with friends. The only, th- like, TeamSpeak? Yeah, TeamSpeak. Xfire. What, what I used. Ventrilo. Wait, what? Ventrilo. It sounds so familiar. I don't Vent- know. Ventrilo is just oh, like... Oh, Ventri- Ventrilo. Yeah, it's, it's like TeamSpeak. Yes. Oh, yeah. I remember that. And, um, Have yeah. you used Trillion? No. It, it's not the same cali- caliber as those other programs, but no. it was like th- something I really liked. There was a wave of uh, apps like Pigeon, Trillion, oh, uh-huh. uh, and a few others. Uh, they actually combined all those instant messaging services oh, and yeah, then you can yeah because pigeon was for mac right was I, it for mac? i think it was multi-platform but, but i think it was also for mac yeah. yeah i do remember that it's pretty cool i, I love that because eventually you had to install like four five six different clients instant messaging yeah. clients it was insane but there still is one for mac it's one of those well trillion is still there i think is it for mac I don't know. Just I remember there is supposed to be an app for Mac where you mm-hmm. can just add multiple clients or multiple services. Yeah. But I, I don't know. I've never really used it because the interface was meh. Yeah, I liked I liked uh, Trillion a lot. Hmm. Maybe maybe we should try that. But um, it's old school. Like nobody hangs oh. out on mess messenger. Yeah, that's true. It's kind of interesting anymore. because we're we're right now more. No, that's not true, by the way. I mean, we have WhatsApp and, and Telegram. Yeah, but and that's like not that. the same thing. Yeah, it's weird. I because mean, we're, we're all mobile right yeah, now. Yeah, exactly. We, we don't take... Like, I remember when I when I was a youngin, a, a young boy, I remember I used to, after school, go back home, sit down and make time to yeah. be social on the internet. Yeah, exactly. Well, now, if you want to just message someone, you just... Fl- you know, you take out your phone out of your pocket and then start typing their name or if you don't have a message already. Otherwise, you just find them in the list of recent messages. And yeah. There you go. And you type a few messages and you wait. Well, before well, it was rude to wait, uh, to, to make to let someone wait if you were online. But I'm, I'm not sure, to be honest, because right now people don't have to wait. As I mean, as soon as someone gets a message, they, they, they get their phone out and react or respond mm, to it i mean yeah. not like our <laughs> i don't want to say we're old but <laughs> not our, our age category or whatever okay but um uh, yeah i, I think so all the people just oh wait all younger people easier are man they are quicker with their phones you know they, they, they as so. soon as they get a message they just flip it out and they, you know they they start texting or whatever i, I like but it's okay. So what I'm trying to say is, there was a specific time though, per day you would yeah, you I would mean, reserve or like you, you would schedule even for well, being social on the internet. I, I didn't schedule, but I had the same. I mean, I went to school and I got home, and then you know, I mean, after a while, just I sat down and I started on Xfire and I you know started chatting. Yeah, but you only started chatting on Xfire and not on MSN. Uh, also MSN, yeah. Okay. So, but, but to me, that's kind of like scheduling. Like you're you're expected to be online. If you're not online, then you're either sick or you have something to do. Um. Yeah. Well, like I, it, it was some kind of I social think, control. I, I think I I was not one of those people that was always online. Okay. Hmm. Okay. I remember though that I was. <laughs> I was quite along. Like I was always online when I could. And well, um, you're, you're more, more social, so there you go. Maybe that's it. But it was more about giving someone an opportunity to talk to you, which is now something that's obsolete. So like, uh, yeah, opening yourself up or, you know, no, be, like, being available. Yeah, that exactly that. Like um, on the phone, you don't have to be directly available yeah. to receive a message mm-hmm. on MSN. A long time ago, it wasn't possible to send someone a message who wasn't online. Yeah. Yeah, so right now you have, like, uh, offline mode or whatever. Yeah. So if someone is offline and you send them a message, they still get it as soon yeah, as they get online exactly. or whatever. So yeah. y- there was a server that, you know, aggregated all the messages. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. And a long time ago, it was instant. That's the concept of instant. If yeah, you, you don't you, receive it. 
you, you, you have that to moment, be, you lose it forever. You have to be online at the same time, yeah, and then talk to each other, and yeah. then you have to quit a conversation if you, you know, if you were, you were done or whatever. Mm-hmm. You, exactly, you just, it's like a phone call with text. Perfectly, yeah, that's a good analogy because it was even rude to not respond quickly. Do you remember that? that yeah, uh, yeah, I mean, sometimes I let my chats go to away modus or whatever. Okay, that makes sense because you're busy. But if you're like in a heated conversation yeah, sure, and you, you let just... someone just, you know, someone's asking you, hey, you want to play? And like, you don't respond for like 10 minutes, then you're you're either busy or you're a rude kid who doesn't want to play <laughs> and, and doesn't want to say so. Yeah. But I don't know. Maybe we're, we are getting old. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> sure. I mean... <laughs> I think that's the the the, the more logical uh, reason, right? No, I think it's funny because we we've seen all these. Well, at least for me, it's very visible how all the different messaging I don't know rev- revolutions have happened. Uh-huh. I don't know. I, I I've been through all almost all of them. I I wasn't in the I wasn't there in the nineties. Maybe the late '90s, early 2000s. I was aware and I was active online. Yeah. But I, I'm not that old. But um, I wasn't there like with the, uh, what's it called? Those uh, on DOS. You had those BB boards or something. What? You had those. Yeah, it's so old school. I have never <laughs> had anything to do with that. But you had like, uh, you know, uh, on TV, yeah. you have like teletext. Yeah. Te- teletext. Um, you you used to have something like that for DOS. Oh yeah, like you had messaging boards. Yeah, that's kind of weird. Through... Because, I mean, <laughs> imagine just DOS and then with yeah. some kind of weird messaging. I mean, everything everything visual on those things were done by ASCII characters. Yeah. So you would have like dithered blocks uh-huh. or solid blocks or lines to oh, indicate yeah. like a section, a rectangle, and you would have uh, just chunks of text you can scroll through yeah scrolling <laughs> not really scrolling like per line obviously uh, what, what is kind of interesting by the way is that still a lot of people use teletext, te- teletext. yeah yeah i still they, i've seen people use teletext on, on their, their phones phone. yeah i know right <laughs> what's up with that yeah i know i was so amazed when someone flipped uh, he got out his phone out of his pocket and was yeah. opening teletext on his phone he was like yeah just you know <laughs> checking the news and i was like what yeah, on, on your phone, teletext. Why? It's strange because everything about teletext is not like it's not uh, compatible with new technology. It, yeah, because the the um, <laughs> the characters are actually non-readable. Like they, they're not actual rendered characters in your phone. Uh-huh. They're images. They're done by blocks. They're like it's uh, pixels. I don't know how. Maybe they convert them nowadays. Yeah, because I don't think they actually render whatever teletext on your phone. I think it's just like a, a feed that they just pass I've, to your phone. Well, maybe, but I've seen actual rendered but, teletext. Because there's no interaction, right? No, you have to skip like pages. You have to press yeah, a button. Exactly. Mm. It's strange because I think it's a protocol, actually. Hmm. It's like a, a messaging protocol. Weird. And you can... It, it, it's so strange to me because they, even on the phone, they want to replicate the experience you had on the tv yeah. so you still have you have like four buttons on your screen yeah you can like those blue yeah. yellow red and green i yeah. think buttons yeah so you can like go through the messages and the text <laughs> that way it's, it's kind of i don't know yeah I, I never really understood teletext i mean i've mm-hmm. used it i think i think it's seriously counted on one hand the times i've used yeah, it for same. you know looking up when a certain show was on but I'm also not one of those TV people, so that's, yeah. I mean, I don't watch a lot of normal TV. It's really interesting. I think it's a culture thing, too, because mm, the older the generation mm-hmm. is, the more knowledgeable they are about teletext, the more they want to use teletext. Yeah. Because they they thought there was like um, a gold mine of information, you know, I mean, before internet. I, I do like the simplicity of it, I guess. <clears throat> I mean, it's... You have no images or whatever, so it's it's yeah. it's easy to read. You can just you know skim through it, and it's. But it was always dark, like super, <laughs> super saturated blue on black, yeah, or green on black, or the, red on black, bright yellow. Oh, 
bright yellow is the worst in my opinion like bright yellow on black that's 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 more readable than bright blue on black yeah okay <laughs> that hurts my eyes dude <laughs> um but i don't know it, it's really strange how some people find something so obsolete yeah. still relevant and actually useful because they they know their way around it mm-hmm. it's i mean they just they're just used to it right i think so it's like uh, all the people in the, in the train mm-hmm. using tickets yeah well there was a when was it ago how long was it ago that ov chip card got introduced Oof. i remember in 2008 2007 i think was the first beta program i like, guess i mean okay so for non-dutch people yeah uh, here in the netherlands we have a system called ov chip card OV stands for public transportation, uh, open bar vervoer. Yeah, public transportation in Dutch. Yeah, so public transportation chip cord. Yeah, and so it's like um, instead of paper tickets for buses, trams, and mm-hmm. trains and whatever, you have like a, a credit card thing uh, where you can just, you know, contact less check in and out mm-hmm. of uh, the buses or trains so you go to the station you have your chip card with some money on it or you have a like yeah. a subscription on it mm-hmm. and you just you know tap it on the gate and the gates open you walk in and you know as soon as you go out you check out again yeah. and he knows the distance you traveled and how much it costs and yeah. it just gets you know it's interesting because um depending on the type of transportation you're taking yeah uh it depends like it depends on that where you have to check in and out. So on a train, there's actual physical ports. Yeah, it's like gates. Yeah, little gates you have to go through. They don't open unless you check in. And you check in, you're only allowed to check in if you have enough money. Yeah. So well, that's uh, well, for trains. I read something about uh, NS right now. NS uh, is the, yeah, the, sorry, the train Dutch, company. Yeah, the Dutch uh, railway system, I guess. Um, they are changing uh, that it's allowed to um, to have negatives mm. on your car right but now. Only if you have an. Uh, I've heard that's possible only if you have a subscription. I think so. Because but, but can, that they, sounds weird. Because um, when you had a subscription, it automatically ups- not not always. You can have a subscription without that, right? Yeah, you can manually do it. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. But uh, seriously, just get a subscription. <laughs> I mean, who cares if it well, automatically. <laughs> removes that money from to your... To me, uh, it makes sense to get a subscription. I get it that some people want to manage their own money. Uh, okay. Like, they, they want to... Okay, for, for this but, trip, I'm going to put $50, and then I'm going to use this for next time. Yeah, but anyway, the, the problem was yeah. with... Uh, if you wanted to check in in the train, you needed at least 20 euros, I think, on the card itself to be able to... Yeah, I so, think a minimum of 20. Yeah, I mean, even if the, the, the train ride itself was like, I don't know, 2 or 3 euros... Yeah, but you didn't have twenty euros on your card. Yep. You can you couldn't get in or you couldn't get out. That's the problem. Well, I don't think you can get in. <laughs> it, it won't Wait, allow yeah, if you, you didn't have twenty in. euros on it, you couldn't get in. Yeah, yeah, sure. It won't allow you to to go through the gate. Yeah, because they always remove that twenty euros from your card first, and yep. then as soon as you check out, they, you know, they they check how much you used from the twenty euros and then put the rest back on your card. Yeah. So uh, right now they are changing that, so you're allowed to go into negative. I guess. Yeah, the minimum isn't there anymore, I guess. Yeah, so that's nice. I mean, that's better than... A lot of people were running to the trains and they want to check in and it's like, oh, fuck, I don't have 20 euros, you know? It's like, yeah. I have 18 or 19 and yeah. I can't get in. <laughs> yeah, and, and it makes sense that they want you to have at least a subscription on that card so it's tied to a name and a bank account so yeah. they can actually track you back when, uh, when you have to pay. Yeah. Otherwise, you'll always... You can buy a new chip cards and then like anonymous chip cards and you can just go through a, a gate yeah. with a too little amount of money and then just yeah, ju- have just a payback. Multiple anonymous chip cards yeah. and just, you know. Because <laughs> they're 750 I think, per chip card, which is a lot for a little card. But yeah, yeah it doesn't come with any uh, amount of money on it. No, you don't get any, I don't know, start of money or whatever. No, but... um. Yeah, the OV chip card was interesting because when it got introduced, the first time I I had one, I was one of the, I guess, maybe you can consider me lucky, but I was one of the few (laughs) that actually received it uh, when I started going to college. Mm -hmm. 
and it was actually still a paper card, but it was laminated. Okay. And it was a little chip card like stuck between the paper <laughs> nice. layers. So it looked completely different. I still have it somewhere. It was like purple-ish. Okay. And uh, I had to send my physical photo and they would like cut it out and put it in between. <laughs> in the laminates. Yeah. <laughs> nice. So uh, that was the first iteration, I think. And uh-huh. it was kind of interesting because it was obviously it was not uh, a nationwide change yeah didn't you have a lot of problems in in trains and stuff it was kind of annoying because not all stations had uh, a pole where you can check in and out yeah so only on specific areas you could check in and out uh-huh. um, but very quickly all of them all the stations had at least a single pole somewhere mm. <laughs> um, but there weren't any gates yet okay so uh, obviously there weren't any gates because not everybody had an OV chip card and the yeah. system hasn't been changed, hasn't been switched yeah. to OV chip card. And so you had to find that pole and then check in yourself and then sit on the train. And when you get checked by the, I don't know, how do you call those? The train conductors or... Yeah, I guess. Um, when you get checked for your... Um, Tickets. For your ticket, yeah. You had to hand it over and then... Uh, they had a little machine. I don't think it was as fast as it is nowadays, but mm. I think they either wrote down the number that was on your chip card or yeah. something, and then it would hook Check up. It. Yeah. Um, but back then, you had the paper tickets. Yeah. So you would print them out at the station, mm. right? That's I think. Wait, what... paper tickets? How how was that again? No, you you had just had those ticket machines at the mm-hmm. station. Yeah. And there, that's where you bought a ticket. So you you entered your yeah, destination, they, yeah. uh, and then it printed the tickets. Yeah, exactly. Live there, yeah. It prints it out on the spot. Yeah, you, you get like a little yellow ticket, yeah. and if you get checked in the train, they 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 snip a hole in it, I guess, or stamp yeah. with something. Yeah, they stamped it with a date and time. I think yeah, yeah. I think uh, in. Hmm, it's same same in the buses, by the way. That's also with paper tickets where they stamped the date on how many zones you traveled or whatever. I think a lot of countries have that, right? Yeah. But what I do think is kind of interesting, though, in the Netherlands is that all students get free overview cards or a free, you know, travel. Transporta- yeah, public yeah. transportation uh, su- subscription. I yeah, guess. so that's, that's really cool because they can just travel all they want without having to pay. But you have to... Pick, I think, I'm not sure it's still there, but you had to pick if you wanted the weekdays yeah. or the weekends. It's still there. So if you're, I don't know, why would you pick the weekend? I if guess? you're living in the same town as where you're studying. Oh, yeah. If you're living around the corner of your yeah. school or whatever, you don't yeah. need. So you can do the weekend yeah. and then you have like a weekend of free exactly. travel. That's nice. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've asked this question a lot <laughs> to uh, people who've had a weekend uh-huh. subscription like free weekend subscription with so a chip card. why do you have one yeah, yeah it didn't make sense to me because i had to travel either to rotterdam or leiden mm. and during the weekdays so to me it was like so you, you don't you need it during the weekdays they said no because i live really close to my school yeah and during the weekend i want to be able to travel or go anywhere yeah that's nice it makes sense in that sense because i mean otherwise yeah. you just cancel out or i call it you you yeah. All the people that don't need it are not able to travel freely. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I I never had one, by the way. Wait, an OV chip card? No, a student one. Why not? Because my um, my college was private. Oh. <laughs> yeah, fancy boy. No, but uh, my college was private, so that's not funded by uh, the government. That makes sense. So they didn't, uh, well, they didn't give me one, so there you go. Hmm. I always had to pay for my fucking train tickets. <laughs> Do you know how expensive that shit is? <laughs> yeah. Didn't you get a subscription then? Yeah, eventually I did. But um, the, the, the classes were a bit, you know, weird. Yeah. As in, it was the not always... was very separate. Like, yeah, the schedule was all, all over, over the place. place. Yeah. So, but... um, And I had to travel to Amsterdam. So, there's like... Uh, I don't Where, know. You're from... Uh, you were uh, in Utrecht back then. Yeah, in Utrecht to yeah. Amsterdam. So, that's okay. I mean, there's a single train. It's an hour or something, right? Uh, uh, yeah, and it was Amsterdam South, I think. Oh, okay. To get out. Or Amstel. I don't know. But um, and I also had to bike, so I also had a subscri- subscription for bike, <laughs> because I had to bike from the station to my college. Hmm. So yeah, but uh, yeah, what what I noticed actually, I I was on the train, um, yesterday, mm-hmm. and I, I uh, had a little trip 
to a different town and it was pretty fun by the way <laughs> just but uh what i did notice is um they're doing the e-ticket thing nowadays now yeah uh so the, the trip i've paid for beforehand mm-hmm. so the, the system knows that i'm going to a specific town yeah and what they do is they give you an uh, a qr code and it's also tied to a number a serial number and um well i i got it on my phone it's an e-ticket you can also print it out by the way and um i see a lot of people print them out i've done that before at, at doesn't really always work but yeah especially older people and tourists always print the, those tickets out yeah uh, do, do you need no, you don't need the app right to to show the, the e-ticket um technically technically you don't need to you have to download the pdf yeah so you can um, just open a pdf on your phone and show it if it's yeah. necessary it's just pdfs are kind of uh finicky yeah uh the ticket comes on a, an a4 sized pdf okay and uh, you have to fold it in four mm-hmm. <laughs> if you want to actually use it because otherwise you're <laughs> yeah, <he's... laughs> i've seen those <laughs> yeah otherwise you have to keep your ticket like completely unfolded in front of that little scanner yeah. at the gate but you have to fold it in four so you can actually see where you're placing the qr code uh-huh. um, on the phone it's kind of the same same story if you have an unfolded, so a PDF yeah. on your phone, you have to zoom in to yeah, get the, the QR, QR code. Yeah, and you have to hold it in front of the thing. Yes. And sometimes it doesn't, I don't know, your screen reflects or whatever, and it doesn't scan properly. Yeah. yeah. Also, you need to have a pretty high brightness on your screen. Yeah. Otherwise, the blacks and the whites, the, the, the contrast is not there. So uh, on the iPhone, you have like a wallet where you can put all your e-tickets Okay. And uh, as soon as you open one of those tickets to show the QR code, yeah, it brightens your screen to mm-hmm. the maximum, so it's always, yeah. you know, properly lit. So it's, it's cool. Yeah, the the NS app, it's called. Oh, yeah, the NS I think Extra it also app. does that, right? Yeah, it does that too. And yeah. it, the PDF, well, it's not a PDF anymore. You like, there's an import button. Okay. When you buy the ticket. Yeah. And what it does is just. Uh, it saves the number and the QR code is already generated uh-huh. and it's full screen on your phone and your brightness goes up automatically. So, yeah. But would, you don't need the app. So you don't need that's it, nice. no. Yeah, I, I remember being in uh, in Japan. They, it, it's, it's weird there because they, they, there they use a lot of paper tickets still. Yeah. Those really small <clears throat> tickets. Uh, but I, I we bought uh, like those OV chip cards in Japan, I guess. <laughs> Um, but, uh, I mean, over there you can also buy, you know, regular tickets with a QR code on it, but you can't, you know, you can't email them or whatever. Wait, so they're paper tickets with yeah. a QR code? Yeah. Okay. I mean, that it, it works, I guess. I mean, QR code is just another way of presenting information. Yeah. And it's more complex than just numbers or a but, barcode. Yeah. But, yeah. And so, it, yeah. I'm, I'm just... I mean, I, I get it that some people like physical, you know, tickets mm-hmm. in this case. But, I mean, especially in Japan, I can imagine that a lot of people, you know, get those tickets and it's thrown away afterwards. And just, why Yeah. Why, it, why can't you email me the ticket or whatever? It makes sense in 2018 to have e-tickets. Being uh, electronic yeah. <laughs> instead of paper. Yeah. The, it's weird because the NS actually, when it first introduced e-tickets... You still had to print them out. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It was, it was like they didn't have the NS Extra app mm. back then. So without the app, you had to use the PDF. Mm. And the PDF wasn't an official way to, like it wasn't an official document until or unless you've printed it. Yeah. <laughs> so there's still like um, uh, events and whatever. Yeah. Musical events or whatever, That's where true. you have to print your ticket. Otherwise, it doesn't validate. It's weird. It's almost like it's a it's a gateway or like a it's a th- threshold, yeah, uh, which they use to see if you've actually put in the effort <laughs> to print it out. Yeah, it's it, okay, there's almost no other reason to have that. You know, to me, it doesn't make sense to have something that only represents a number. Yeah, on paper, if you can show that number on your phone. Yeah, unless it's anonymous mm-hmm. 
which some QR codes or some tickets can be, or um, it can be easily <laughs> faked or easily reproduced. Well, the interesting thing is though, I've had multiple times where I went with a paper e-ticket yeah. to uh, a concert or whatever, and they didn't scan it. They didn't even have scanners, yeah. but they just looked at the paper e-ticket. I printed out myself. Okay. And they were like, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, exactly. I think, but dude, I mean, they're not scanning the the, the QR code or whatever. Nope. So anyone can fake that shit, right? Yeah, you can. But they they think that if you take the effort to actually fake and print it, then (laughs) it's one step too much. Uh, It's like like two-factor authentication almost. (laughs) Okay. But um, yeah, I don't know. To me, it never made sense honestly to mm. like if you if you have a system that's hooked up to the internet yeah and you can get a ticket through the internet as a as a i know a traveler of the train yeah so i'm a traveler i'm trying to get a ticket i uh re- I, I buy it on the internet so their system is already connected to the internet i fill in my contact information my name and everything so they know who i am mm. it's connected to that number to that order number. So why do I still need the ticket? Why can't I just say the order number and they have a little machine that checks yeah. it up. So um, the ticket is nice because you don't have to show any ID. Yeah. I mean, that's what happens with uh, airports, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you can do that with it. I mean, if you go to, so they prefer if you bring like a QR code or whatever, but you can also just go there and you know, yeah. show your passport or whatever, or you tell your name, I guess. And yeah. they need your passport for you uh-huh. know, confirmation, of course. But um, And they will just look up the tickets that's connected to that person or whatever. Yeah. So that, that's... Yeah, yeah. It's, it's called like pre-check-in or something. Yeah. And uh, you can check in beforehand. And you can also do it actually while you're waiting in line. <laughs> I've seen in some, in some cases, some uh, companies, they have a little, well, not a little, actually a huge screen <laughs> where you can enter your... Uh, details yeah uh, and then you, you actually get a little ticket printed yeah you have like a some kind of small atm like machine yeah, it's like a touch screen thing yeah so and, and then it works yeah that's, that's yeah it's also i think you can you can enter your confirmation number or something yes or your name and then the machine also scans your passport yes <laughs> so you have to stick your passport in the machine or whatever yeah there's a little camera little little I don't know. A scanner, I guess, yeah. Yeah. And uh, that confirms that you're the right person with this confirmation code. So, cool. Yeah, and I think that they don't need that ID. That's just uh, another confirmation. Yeah, I mean, just better Uh, be sure that it's you. (laughs) Also, you need that. uh, You you need your ID later, in in later stages of uh, the travel, so... Yeah, I mean, as soon as you drop off your baggage also, your your luggage, you also have to give your passport or ID again. Yeah. But um, I don't know, to me it was funny because when when I was on the train and I was using the e-ticket, so uh, there was a conductor and I was checking my my ticket. Uh, it was funny, I was on the right side of the train and uh, on the left side there was a group of elderly people and you, can, you could see them uh, use their OV chip cards. While I was using the e-ticket, um, it, I don't know. It just hit me at that moment. Like, even when you're <laughs> when you're trying to, you know, trying to change and continue adapting to the to technology and how technology moves. Like, so you had paper tickets and then you got OV chip card. And nowadays, maybe in like five years, there might not be a necess- necessity for OV chip cards. Yeah, they're, they're already working on uh, just uh, NFC, right, with your yeah. phone. So you don't even need a ticket or whatever. Yeah, exactly. So even while, you, while you're adapting, you're still somewhat behind on technology. Mm-hmm. And, and it feels like in mainstream technology, and like when people want to adapt to something, it's already actually techno- like um, technically it's already behind. There's something newer already. Yeah. And it feels kind of sad to to see those people um, taking so much time uh, to understand each part of uh, OV chip card uh, system. Yeah. And then after five or ten years, they have to switch again. And also because they were for- forced eventually 
to use yeah. the OVA chip card system because the paper tickets were just, you know... They were obsolete by then. Yeah, yeah they, they uh, disabled, cancelled, whatever. They, mm-hmm. they, um, they refused paper tickets after yeah. a while. It's, it's not only... Like, I, I don't think it's sad for humans to adapt. Mm-hmm. It's always good to adapt and it's kind of fun, you know, like society is always changing and techno- technology kind of guides your way to yeah. the future. Um, but it was sad. Like at that moment, it hit me like all this effort mm-hmm. and all this trouble we go through and then in 10 years, we change it all up again. Yep. <laughs> and it's it's sad in the sense that there's a lot of time and effort that's been thrown away. To me, 10 years in a human lifetime is quite a lot, but in a te- technological lifetime, it's very, very, very long. <laughs> so in like 10 years, there's m- maybe like been five or six advances in that specific field. Yeah. And as humans, we cannot adapt that fast. You cannot change the whole system every two years. Um, right? Yeah, sure. I mean, there, there are too many variables and too many things to keep in yeah. mind. But it, it, this, the, the, like humanity. I mean, yeah, but that's the thing. I think it, it, it could be possible to adapt quickly. It's just... In smaller batches? Everyone has to be on board and has well, to... Well, yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, people are the problem with, you know... <laughs> People are the problem with uh, not being able to quickly adapt. Yeah, they have a tendency to like and prefer the thing they already know. Yeah, uh, or they refuse to learn the new thing or the new way. Yeah, I mean it makes sense. In, in a, it, yeah, it's it, the same. It takes with, effort. It's the same with the public transportation. I mean, the overchip card is yeah. has been here for such a long time, mm-hmm. and till recently, people were still buying tickets. Yeah. In the in the bus and in the train, mm-hmm. it's like I think it, it just why 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 you know stick around why why not just take the you're used to it yeah but yeah you I, think it's it's it works why change it I don't know like in in a in a way it makes sense to not want to adapt if it's already working pretty well yeah but if you know that what you're doing right now so buying a paper ticket is going to be obsolete in a while. Why not just try to adapt already? Why wait the last second and and be forced yeah. to adapt? It's not smart to wait, but I still think there's a an argument to why people don't want to adapt as quickly as companies want them to. Yeah, and it's because the the benefit is not for the consumer. The benefit of OV chip card was not never for the consumer. Mm. To me, it's still like. If you if you want to just uh, buy paper tickets, it was really fast back then. I remember like in 20 seconds you could buy a paper ticket. There were those electronic machines you can put your pin card. Yeah, but the problem was, I mean, sometimes those machines jammed or the paper was out. There were two or three others. Like yeah. that's not a real argument to why you should adapt. You you need to adapt because it's clearly better there's a there's a threshold for a consumer that they want to see and and they want to be convinced of and they yeah, didn't and see I, that and i get it i mean the, the main advantage of the overview card is for you know the Dutch railway system i mean yeah. they can track where you are how much how many times you traveled and whatever and they know who you are as a person right also you can't but, get out of the station unless you check you have checked in before <laughs> so yeah. you're literally locked up and, and i mean if you go in the train and they check your your overchip card they yeah. can see whatever you've been doing for mm-hmm. a few days yeah what kind of you know traveling you've been doing uh, yeah it, it's it's a lot of things that the con- company wanted mm. it's like the technology behind overchip card is not helping the consumer in a way that is revolutionary for the consumer isn't that like the same with, as you say, development? I, I think it. Yeah, you can. I mean, we, we've been we've been you know gaining so many JavaScript frameworks and whatnot, and I mean the only people who take advantage or know that something changed are the developers. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> no regular mom or dad or you know grandpa whatever knows that. Oh, this website uses Vue. Look, look how nice this uh, Ajax <laughs> yeah. and whatever is. 
<laughs> you know? Exactly. I think uh, like weighing the effort of making something completely new, mm-hmm. uh, weighing it off against something that already works and people know how it works and the effort you have to put in is a lot less. That's a that's a like a legitimate question uh, when you're creating a project is do i want this new technology is it is it worth the effort who's going to notice it yeah is it going to help us the developers if so how much time will we save is it going to help the consumers what how can it help them with yeah. like what will it help them with uh, during the visit of the website now i think a lot of new te- technological advances in web unless it's like a feature of the browser like i know uh webcam uh, usage or microphone usage you don't ever see those unless it's in a chat app but like uh view the i don't know how you even can call that like a da- real-time data binding and templating yeah sure <laughs> that's not something a lot of people notice especially in 2018 the internet's so fast yeah loading up a new page is not going to take you 10 seconds like it did back in 2001 or something. Yeah. Well, so. well, well we, we are making bigger and complexer web applications though. So they, they are getting bigger and more complex, but I think that's because we put everything in the client side nowadays. Yeah. If you, if you put all the logic and all the structure and the complexity of the routing and all of that stuff, if you put it on the back end, you're only left with maybe 100 kilobytes of JavaScript. Uh-huh. I, I think like it still is relevant to create things in the back end because you save the client with a lot of um, downloading of the assets and yeah, downloading sh- of the... There should be like a balance between yeah. those two because, I mean, uh, doing everything on the client or doing a lot on the, on the client side makes yeah. sense. I mean, devices are fast enough right now to, you know, easily do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's also some web applications are too heavy for those clients or, you know, you, you don't know what kind of client you're going to get. Yeah, exactly. So there, there are many variables while yeah. normally if you do it server side, you, you know, you know, what kind of server you're running, you know, what kind yeah, exactly. of, you know, load you're, you're expecting or having, so you can adjust easier. There, there's less, you know, variables. Yeah. I think that's a very good argument as to why to use something server-side. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, the good thing is, though, as a developer, you can actually check all that stuff, you know? Uh, if you're building a client-side-heavy app yeah. or, what, uh, like, a website, you can actually check in Chrome Developer Tools. Uh, I think it's at network settings or something. You can at least adjust the network uh, throughput, so download and upload. Yeah. But you can also change, um, I thought you could somewhere, maybe it's an extra plugin, but there are, there are ways to simulate slower computers. Yeah. You can throttle in Chrome at least. You have like uh, apps for Mac at least. Yeah. I think something like funnel or something where you can throttle, uh, all the network traffic on your Mac. Yeah. But I was talking about like CPU throttling. I think that's also available nowadays. So you can, (laughs) you can simulate how how it feels to go through a website with a very, very slow machine. Yeah. And again, it depends on your target audience. If it's, if it's uh, above 5% or I'm just saying a random number here, if it's above a certain percentage and that's important to you, you have to adjust to it. Yeah. It, it's really good to be considerate. In any case, it's good to be considerate to towards everybody who's visiting your website. Mm-hmm. You want to give them that perfect, experience yeah and the web can do that you have to just adjust to it it's pretty i don't know it's still weighing off effort to results you know who's going to measure the results who's going to notice the results when you put in so much effort Uh, i think that's i mean still really important the the stuff they the users do notice yeah it's like speed and yeah, uh, the 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 easy how to call it the the accessibility of the user interface and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So it's 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 just speed and interaction, and th- that's the only thing a user notices, yeah. right? I think 
yeah, focusing on those two will get you very far. <laughs> so all the other things are not necessary. Mm-hmm. They're just something you can stand out with. But if you if your website is really slow for a certain uh, user, that person is going to complain. That person is going to either leave your website or is not going to buy anything from your <laughs> website or it's just not satisfied. Yeah. And I don't know. I don't think anybody wants an unsatisfied customer. Uh, yeah, well, unless they, they don't really care about that yeah. one person or those yeah, few I, people. I think uh, the reason they don't care is because that's not their target audience. If if your target audience is people who have slow computers, well, then you will care. It's, it's always like th- there's always a few... What, Outliers. The, stragglers. Yeah. There's always a few people that f- feel... Or fit into cat- the category or the, 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 the kind of people you're looking for. Yes. But they, I don't know, they use all the devices. But they are still your target audience. Yes, but that's a s- small percentage, maybe. Yeah, so, th- but, but those get ignored. Well, you can ignore them or not. Yeah. I mean, if you would give them the same amount of, um, I don't know, like if, if they are as important to you as the other people mm. in your target audience maybe it's a good idea to spend that maybe hour or hour and a half to change your system change your application in a way that it actually caters towards those people yeah maybe it's worth it i don't know it's again yeah you can measure these things nowadays mm. so just just measure it see how much uh you're missing out i mean yeah it should also be you know uh worth it to mm-hmm. invest in those few people the few clients yeah exactly i think you can it, it's never like to me it, it just sounds as a human being it sounds horrible to leave some people behind on yeah. the experience if you can if you know that there are people who are not able to experience this and you can ch- by, by a small change you can help them out why not do it but then it comes the question like how much effort is it and if you can you can weigh that up yeah is it important to you then do it if it's not then don't yeah it's like let's say you have like one million clients or users on your website Mm -hmm. i don't know what kind of website it is with one million users but okay that's fine sure even if it's like a really low percentage of people that have problems with your website because I don't know, you're using framework uh, like Vue or whatever, and your client of your user right now is using an older Internet Explorer on Windows XP or whatever. Mm-hmm. There are still like hundreds or even thousands of people that are not able to use your website or your app at yeah. that moment. Exactly. So if you look at a percentage, like, I don't know, 0.01%, that's still a lot of users. Yeah, I think uh, it's also, don't forget that users who are unhappy with your product are the loudest, usually. Yeah, people like to complain more. than yeah. They're more vocal because uh, when you're happy with something, it's something you you expect to be at least satisfied. Mm-hmm. And happy is something extra. But and th- like That's also... Uh, a psychological thing though yeah it's not you know bound to uh the, the web or whatever it's just yeah exactly. people are more prone to uh, remember negative things and experiences and stuff like that yeah. in real life than positive things it makes sense if you want to you know want to uh, change your course in life mm. <laughs> to have that instinctual ref- uh, like like if you're reflecting on your life and you only remember the good things, yeah, you will never be able to see where you've gone wrong if you want to adjust your life to something better. Yeah, I, 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 I think that's like the psychological idea behind it. Yeah, I've heard multiple theories about why people okay. remember negative. Is there one that's completely different than... Well, what I've also heard is, again, this is just a theory from some people that, uh, you know, in the in the... I call it the prehistoric age, stone age. Sure. Um, people, you know, if, if you had like a, I don't know, poisonous berry or whatever. Yeah, exactly. And you, you ate that. 
you you remember that oh that's bad mm-hmm. so it's a negative yeah. experience right i shouldn't eat that yeah it's an association you get yeah so people still get those negative you know feelings or mm-hmm. feedback from whatever so it's not yeah. poisonous berries uh, i hope you're not just eating random mushrooms on the I mean, street or whatever but maybe it's an apple oh and it's poisonous yeah. oh wait that, that's commentary about okay what <laughs> about apple yeah but um yeah so some people think that that's the reason why people remember yeah. those negative i mean that's almost like i was i was taking that uh theory to a different age yeah where <laughs> more up to date yeah <laughs> where we're not actually like foraging and trying to find experiment finding nuts on, yeah but um i think it's still like relevant to this day that when you want to like you you, you want to change your life to the better you never want to be worse off than where you started yeah so you have to remember the moments where you made a mistake mm. and it's kind of like conditioning yourself or even like the, the the concept of Pavlov's dog, you know, mm. conditioning a dog to do something. That's kind of what we're doing when we remember bad memories. Yeah. And with experience, experiences, like everything we, we notice uh, in our life are based on experiences we've had. So uh, even websites and c- consuming media mm. is a part of our daily life experience. Yeah. And if, if we had a bad experience and we consume that bad experience, we will try to stay away of it next time. Yeah. We'll let others know that, hey, I've had a bad experience. Don't don't eat that. Don't eat that berry. Yeah. <laughs> and that's why people are so vocal. Uh, when they're not happy with something, they will let others know that, hey, maybe but, you should try to stay away of this. Yeah, but that's something I'm always curious, curious about because yeah. um, negative people... I don't think they are more social than positive people, right? It's kind of weird because why are they not vocal when, you know, whatever happens, but they kind of, you know, climb out of their caves to, you know, be negative and tell other people that something is shit. Well, I think that's still, that's tied with the instinctual, aspect of it i think uh, or even, even the the asocial let's call them that the, as- <laughs> the asocial tribesmen tribesmen yeah. uh, <laughs> even those would want to um, help the community in a way yeah so even if they are don't have the best conversational skills if they are not very social with the other members of the tribe yeah they will still let them know like hey guys i've noticed something maybe stay clear of that but aren't they doing that for themselves, though? Because, it's both. I mean, it's always both. I mean, if they tell other people about something bad, yeah. they probably feel good about themselves, yeah. right? So, like, oh, man, I, yeah, I protected those other cave people. Yeah. Those, I, those cave neighbors. I, I think <laughs> I think, uh, it's like um, knowledge was something very, very important back in the day. Yeah. Nowadays, it still is, and it's considered one of the you know, good traits about a human. He's mm-hmm. knowledgeable or stuff like that. But back then, knowing stuff was actually the, the way you can survive, the way you can get better, yeah. and the, the way you can actually thrive as a tribe. Because knowing stuff means that you have an edge on the other. You know that using this tool in this way will get your food easier. Uh, or well, Yeah, and also, also think the the the... the uh, you know the the, the, ma- the most basic stuff like don't put that in your mouth and whatever. I mean, yeah. s- sure, children still have that at a young age, but mm-hmm. adults don't have that anymore uh, because it, it's like yeah, yeah, it's it's not considered normal to yeah. It's 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 like it's learned from childhood, yeah. but it's also common sense. Yeah, and in I think in the earlier days, people didn't have that you know experience yeah. yet, so that's they what, had to share. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. Th- that's I think like. <laughs> I'm not a archaeologist or a historian, yeah. but um, I think it makes sense that back in the day that knowledge was a tool to use as a tribe to thrive, uh, while nowadays knowledge is something you use in your work mm. to stand out, to get better at your work, but not uh, like as part of survival, it's too complex to just have knowledge. And 
you still have those books, you know, like your grandma's uh, like knowledge. I don't, I don't know how they call them, but like those books that are based uh, around knowledge of old people. Yeah, you have like uh, what's called like an almanac or so or something like that. I I really don't know, but everybody knows that when they want to clean something yeah. off their shirt, so it's maybe gum, it's maybe wine or yeah maybe it's i don't know chocolate so yeah you use this type of vinegar with tomato yeah, sauce and exactly put it on there for two hours and then wipe it off with bubbling yeah. water <laughs> then like, it's gone yeah or freeze it or something you know like yeah. those things that you don't think of right away yeah but they've been passed down generations by non-scientific people it's a non-scientific way of uh, passing down knowledge yeah and i think um back in the day <laughs> They definitely didn't have science. Yeah. So the only way they had to do things is just let others know. Yeah. Be just vocal. Try try yeah. something and then yeah. tell others if it worked or didn't work. Yeah. And I think it's still relevant to this day in a way. Yeah. Not directly for survival, but I don't know. Like, hey, um, maybe you should put on your uh, your your bike lights. It's gonna get dark soon. <laughs> yeah. Or lock your bike. Ah. Oh. Do something. Oh, it's too soon, man. <laughs> Anyway, um, but it, it's it's always good to adapt, though. It's, maybe that that's something of a very far or like far-fetched analogy, mm. but uh, trying out the new berries of web development, you know, yeah, it's something. It might not always work. Mm. It might not be the best for everyone. I know my stomach is pretty sensitive to a lot of things, but if it works very good, people will be vocal about it. Yeah. If it works really bad. People will be very vocal about it. Yeah. So, you know, you know how to stay clear of a lot of things. And trying out new things is part of life. It's always was experimenting. And, and of uh, course, you can't please everyone, but it, it's, yeah. it makes sense. I mean, just not everyone can be pleased or are open to be pleased. <laughs> yeah. Some people just have a mindset of whatever I'm going to experience, I'm not going to like it because right now I'm in a bad mood. Yeah. And they just, I don't know, just be um, realistic, I think, with your expectation of what you can achieve and what others will think of your product. Yeah, and, really and just think about what you're doing. What do you mean? Well, think about what kind of per people you're going to get on your website and yeah. think about, you know, I think do, it's, yeah. do you need to keep in mind that certain browsers won't support this feature I'm building right now? Yeah, I think it's... So just, just use canIuse.com. Yeah, <laughs> canIuse.com. We're not sponsored yet. Not sponsored, yeah. Not sponsored, guys. Please sponsor us. Sponsor us, please. Um, but um, I'm yeah. getting pretty tired, by the way. So I heard coffee helps. Yeah, I also wanted to talk about berries, but other berries. Yeah, yeah. coffee berries? Co coffee berries. Did, did you are, guys are they know that... coffee berries? What? Well, I'm sorry, I interrupted you, but... What are coffee berries called? I think they're just called berries, to be honest. Just, no, they must have a name, at least a Latin name. I mean, it's... Okay, so coffee is made from the... I call it a pit. It's like the, the core of a berry. I think like the seeds. Seed, right? yeah, exactly. It's just, so, so coffee is a seed of a berry. Yeah. And usually a, a coffee bean, a single bean, is like half a seed, right? Yeah. So it's like split in two. Yeah. It's actually round when you open it up. Well, it's a fruit. And then you, you split well, it open. And I think it's, it's more like a walnut. Ah, okay. So I think you have like two halves to each other, stuck to each mm -hmm. other. And then it's, you know, as it yeah. opens, you know. It's a bit elliptical. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But uh, yeah, so coffee. I mean, Evercode coffee. So we should talk about coffee. Maybe we should. I mean, do we call Aircode coffee for a reason. Do we you both do guys like coffee? Well, we do. Yeah, we do. Yes, we mm, do like coffee. coffee. So, coffee facts. Sure. Go ahead. Oh, oh boy. Coffee facts. Uh, d did you know that coffee was... Okay, so th the story goes that one guy, I think it was called Caldi. Really? Had a bunch of goats. And uh, those goats were eating some kind of weird berries. And they were energetic after eating those. 
So he found out that those berries, or well, the seeds in those berries, give caffeine and give you energy, make you energetic. So there you go. There was one nice little fact. Yeah. Well, I've actually heard of that one. Can I continue the story? What? You want to continue? Yeah, sure. Because uh, what I heard is the first thing he tried was eating the berries. Mm -hmm. And it was really untasteful because the, the berries are bitter and not sweet. They're yeah. not they're not yummy. Yeah, they're not nice to eat yeah. raw. Like yeah. you don't... While the goats, you know, goats eat everything. <laughs> they, don't care. they just munch on anything they see. Oh. And the goats actually had a way to digest the raw berries, mm -hmm. the raw seeds to actually uh, get the caffeine out of it. And they were really, the, the goats loved those berries, but um, he, he tried those berries just to experiment, yeah. like the tribesmen. But um, he didn't like it. it. It tasted horrible. So what he tried a few ways because back in that time, it wasn't that long ago. It was like, I think like around 1400 or, so, or something. I, I should look it up. Maybe. You should look it up. Yeah. So, so I, have, I have like a little book. Wow. Uh, shout out to uh, the guys from Sprudge. Um, it's called the book called the new rules of coffee and um, it's a really nice little book you can put on your i don't know how to call it side table or coffee table or whatever coffee it's table like, it's like i think 10 euros or something and it's uh the basics of what coffee is and how it works and how you should bake coffee and store it and mm -hmm. all that good stuff it's pretty cool it's like a tiny book actually it yeah, fits it's, um, in one hand. It fits in one hand, yeah. So it's nice to put in the toilet. I mean, not in the toilet, but, you know. <laughs> just the other place where you brew a brown... Well, you, you, you <laughs> brew something brownish. A brown sludge. Yeah. Um, so why this book? Why, why do you like this? Uh, well, so it's from Sprudge. And Sprudge is pretty known in the coffee world because they... I think they also do competitions and stuff like that. So okay. they I've are, never heard of them personally. But they, they are pretty uh, pretty famous. Where are they located? They are located. Where are they located? Is it like a U.S. thing or? It is a U.S. thing. Yeah, I mean. Oh, uh, okay. I mean, uh, the listeners overseas. We're we're in Europe, so yeah. Listeners overseas will probably the the coffee lovers will might have heard of this. I've never heard of this, but I, no. If you're really into the coffee thing, yeah. then you know what it is. But otherwise, you don't. You know. But um, that's pretty cool. I is there anything new you've learned? Um. Hmm. I mean, I'm that fact that you just taught us, <laughs> uh, told us. Well, there's also like a part about um, uh, coffee shops and uh, baristas. You so mean, there are a few, you know, they, they, they are talking about rules in coffee, but they don't really do rules, but uh, they talk about um, snotty baristas. Okay, so there's like social commentary in there. Yeah, there's also some social commentary, not only on baristas, but also about the quality of coffee and uh, how some people are storing the coffee and you know stuff like okay, that so and, and and eating food with coffee how that works and you know it's okay so the, the technical aspects but also the cultural aspects are yeah don't expect like a guide how to make coffee or whatever oh, okay but they they talk about the basic stuff like how what's the best way to mm -hmm. make coffee so you you grind them fresh mm -hmm. and you put in hot water but not too hot so they, they talk okay. about the basics of coffee and so what's it's the nice. book called again the book it's called the new rules of coffee okay cool go, go check it out yeah um i don't have anything that in depth but i do know yeah i do know of a guy that uh, i like to watch um he he's been inactive for a while but now he's active again um What's his name again? You might know him. I don't know. He, he's a he's an old guy. He's balding. Um, I can't come up with his name. Help! Help! help. <laughs> what, what, what does he do? What does he talk about? He, he's a food person. <laughs> food person. <laughs> Love it. Um, let me think of. Maybe I I should just leave this for next time. A food person. Uh, he he is a bit of a snobby person. He's he's from the U.S. Um, but he has like a, a YouTube channel. Um, not officially, uh, but his, he had a, um, channel on, I think the food network was really popular back in the day, like 10 years ago. And it's been uploaded a hundred million times now by people who have not, you know, copyrighted. Oh. Um, but, um, 
Yeah, I'll look it up. I'll tell you next time. Yeah, that's fine. For for now, I can I can suggest uh, if you're interested in coffee, yeah, and interested in like a barista. Um, there's a guy on YouTube that's called uh, Chris Chris Baca. 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 So like, it's a B A C A. Oh, not with a K, like Japanese. Baca. No, it's okay. so his his YouTube channel is called Real. So R E A L C H R I S B A C A. So real Chris Baca. Okay. He's a pretty well-known barista. He has done multiple competitions and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, And he owns multiple coffee shops right now. So he opened those recently. Um, So it's kind of cool to see what happens behind the scenes. And they also do, he talks about competitions Mm -hmm. and, you know, brewing at home. So again, if you're interested in coffee, that's kind of cool. Yeah. I'll uh, look into that, actually. I'm, I'm curious because... Have you tried his coffee? No. I mean, it's always yeah. difficult to import coffee from, you know, yeah. America because they, I mean, they roast it there and then ship it to yeah. Europe. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the, the you have to be quick with the shipping. Yeah. Okay. So that's difficult. Well, we, we, maybe we can talk about, you know, keeping or you know, keeping, saving, what is it? Storing coffee. Yes. And, and how that whole thing works with beans transporting from Brazil to other places around the world and the flavors and stuff like that. That's interesting, yeah. I think that that's something a lot of people leave out of the coffee uh, yeah. process. P- people forget that coffee is kind of a complex and really sensitive subject, by the way. A sensitive, the plant itself is also sensitive, so that's why. Yeah. Right. Well, I think we should uh, should say we? goodbye. Should we? Oh, man. Is it that time already? Yeah. It's I did, time, boys. I, I kind of liked having an audience this time. They, they were really mean the last time, but this time they were nice. I don't know which audience, but sure. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll see you next week, probably. Yeah, maybe. Thank you for listening. Yeah. And, thank uh, you, guys. Enjoy life and yourself. Not too much. Yeah, not too much. Not too much. Be, be negative. Yeah, be vocal. Fuck you. I hate you guys. <laughs>